Yeah. How's everybody else? Listen, I, I am not going to be long. I, I really feel like we need to get back into, into worship. That's what we, kind of what the Lord put in our heart for today was to just turn this over and turn it into a worship service. You know I love to preach, and uh, I'll be preaching again next week. I just want to share a few things that are in my heart, and I'm going to bring uh, the worship team back up here and, and get into God's presence up. I'll tell you what, again, God's presence is the fullness of joy. If anybody here today is lacking joy, I, I will tell you, you will experience it, you will find it in God's presence. Amen? We're in Nehemiah chapter 8, and I don't know, I'm going to pray tonight, tomorrow, and see where the Lord will have me go next week. I'm going to read a few verses out of 8 to make a couple of comments to kind of set the stage for this next this next part. Now, I can tell you right now, we're going to go a little bit longer than normal. So, uh, if that, if that, if you have lunch plans or something, you know, after we get into worship, feel free to do what you need to do. But we're going to tarry. We're going to get in God's presence, and and God is going to begin to minister and prophesy. And, uh, there were some words of, of prophetic healing that were spoken earlier today, and I believe God wants to do the same thing. You know, He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's the same this morning and this afternoon. <laughs> he's not changing. He's the same God. But Nehemiah chapter 8, you know, the, the great thing about this book is it has been tracking with Grapevine Fellowship. Where have we been going as a team and where have we been going as a church? And it's like every time I get into a chapter and I start studying, I'm like, God, you read our mail again. Exactly what we're going through as a body, even all the internal conflict we talk about, the external conflict, the Sanballat, the Tobiah, and the Gisham, you guys will be going boo, right? All those things that are going on in, in, inside Nehemiah's walls are been going on inside Grapevine's walls. And I, I told I told Mike last night when I was fellowshipping with him, I said, the thing I'm excited about is we are turning the corner. Last week we saw that the walls were done, right? And, and, and the city is protected, and, and, and God's people are now protected. Can I tell you, if you're a Christian today, you are now protected. God's hand of protection is upon you. He, he has built a, 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 uh, a hedge of protection around you. I love that about him. But what's going on in, in Nehemiah 7, we saw last week, and now moving into 8, is, is Nehemiah, and God is starting to focus on the inward person. And revival's getting ready to take place. Okay, we have some revival already, but I'm telling you, I said, I told Mike last night, I've been praying to God, God, is it, if this will just keep tracking with where we're going as a ministry team, I'm looking forward to the next several weeks. Amen? <laughs> so God is setting a stage today in worship for us today. So I'm going to read to you a couple passages, and I'm going to get the worship team right back up here. But all the people were gathered together, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1. It says, all the people. Oh, Everybody. There wasn't one left out. The whole church came to, to listen to the word of God. To hear, you know, they were captives for 70 years. They were in bondage. They were held up. Many of them grew up in bondage, never even really heard. They never heard the word of God. They heard some stories from their daddies and their grandpappies about the things that God had done, some of the, the, the miracles that had happened, but they never experienced it. And that's how we are when we come to the church and give our life to Jesus for the first time. We've never experienced, we've heard stories, we've heard about Jesus. Everybody's heard about Jesus in America. He's on billboards, he's, you know, there's Bibles in Walmart. People have heard about Jesus, but until you experience Jesus, yes. 
until you get Jesus inside. Amen. I just might preach. I don't know what's going on here. And I'm not even using my notes yet. But the Bible said all the people, everybody showed up at the water gate to hear the word of God. And Ezra is on the scene, the prophet, and he begins to read the word of God. I love this because it says, it says, it says that he read from, does it say there? Where, where is that? What did he start reading? Verse 2. Verse 2? So that's where it should be, right? Yeah. He read from the open square. Yeah, but he read for six hours. Six, from 6 a.m. till noon, from morning till midday. You, you guys can't even, you're mad if I start pushing in a donut hour, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not, because you're saying it, we don't have donut hour. No, I'm teasing about that. I know Pastor D used to go a lot longer than I do. You guys are gracious in that regard. But Christians, they don't, this, listen, all they had was the Pentateuch, right? The first five books of the Bible. That means Ezra went through Leviticus. Probably took them a good hour to read through all those names. The people were attentive. They were all there. They were all present. They were excited to hear about the things of God. I'm just jumping around here. That's why. I, let's pick up the verse. So Ezra described, stood on a platform of wood, which they made for that purpose. You hear a pulpit? It was made for preaching. And also protecting me from bullets that might be. <laughs> And it said, at his right hand, there was a bunch of guys. You can read their names for yourself, but you know, I just don't pronounce that correct well. And it says in verse 5 that Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people, what? Stood up. Stood up. They respected, they, they revered the word of God. And then a lot of times I'll ask you if we're going to read a portion of scripture, if it's a big portion, stand during the reading. And it's just an reverence of who God is and honor of his word. Don't you know that his word is the only thing that stands? Yes. His, his word is the only thing in this life that I know that does not come back void. Yes. Sometimes even love comes back void, doesn't it? You can love somebody and they don't love you back. Yes. Uh, sometimes you can bless somebody and they don't bless you back. Yes. Sometimes you can curse somebody and they will curse you back. Yes. But the word of God does not come back void. It always goes out. And, he, and, I, and he even spoke over somebody this morning when I was praying for them. I was like, you've been so faithful. And listen, you're not accountable to where they're at. You're not accountable for their response to the gospel. You're only accountable to, to release it. Amen? So Ezra, he's releasing the word of God. In verse 6, he said, Ezra, bless the Lord, the great God. Come on. We serve a great God. Yes. yes. He's a great and mighty God. And I love him with all of my heart. Yes. I'm so excited about turning the corner in Nehemiah. I'm so excited about turning the corner in Grapevine. Amen. We're about to get busy doing God's thing. Amen. I'm beside myself. See? <laughs> And all the people answered, Amen and Amen. Can they amen, amen. Amen. While lifting up their hands, they bowed their heads down to worship. And they put their faces in the ground. And can I can I just say this? I don't know how much more of this I want to talk to you about right now, but I feel like when a team comes back up here, we need to lift our hands to the ground. We need to bow our faces down to the ground and I know I spoke about offensive and taking these things up. Let me tell you, 
That weight is over anything. If you have a disease or an addiction, if you have a stronghold in your life and that thing that you're carrying around, Jesus wants you to set it down today. Amen? He wants you to release it and let go of it. You're better off without it. Trust me. I know because I've held on to all of them. Are you tired of coming to church and leaving the way you're coming? Are you tired of coming in the building and walking out feeling the same way? He should. We don't have to. The presence of God is here. And when we and when we grab a hold of the horns of the altar, verse 9 goes on to tell us that 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 the people when the reading of the word started coming forth and, and, and they were worshiping and, and they had no other recourse how to, how to release it but just to to fall in love with Jesus and I, I gotta tell you there is nothing like a Holy Ghost snot party in the altar to change a life amen I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of your snot I'm not afraid of going and getting a, 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 a floor cleaner thing in the bopper and cleaning the floor myself amen I'm not afraid of that. I told you guys this last week. Come on, Christian. You want to come down? I, I, can, I can do more. I can do more, but I, I got to tell you this while I get this stuff. All right. Because I told you this last week. I'm turning my lights off because I'm pretty better in the dark. You're giving them the answers. Everyone wants to fill their hands. My son. My son. And who am I will lead? <laughs> You know, you know what, you know what, you know what it takes for me. Some of you are new, just visiting, visiting out of state. Some of you are new to church. Most of you guys know what My daughter doesn't hear a lot about this side of my life, but she's still a little bit young, growing up. Just a bit. Adult fiend, alcoholic. She's laughing because I was a dope In and out of jail. Multiple times. Now, this is going to break your heart, but you know Daddy's a different man today. Seven DUI tickets. And my career of drinking and driving. God, I never killed me. Yeah, I don't know. God is sovereign. Jails, institutions, IVs, because I couldn't even function without getting at least a fifth of whiskey in me in the morning. Too many tremors, shakes. 23 years old. Liver was giving out. I'm not saying any of this to tell you my testimony is better than yours. I'm going to reveal to you what it took for me to get where I am today. It took two things. We talked about them last week. Number one is I got involved in serving the Lord. She just got her joy back. <laughs> well, she got a word earlier. Your joy ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Serving the Lord, I had to. I had to turn away from who I was, from caring about me, because life for so long was just about Ron. 
What's in it for me? How am I going to get high next time? Who can I hurt? Who can I take advantage of? What dope man, you know, is going to lend me a little dope and then I'm never going to return it back? So when I came to church and, man, I was dumb. Still am. Still am not. No comprendo, por favor, sometimes. I'd rather be done for Jesus. That's smart how pumped that I used to be. So I started serving the Lord, but here, here's where I want to get to. I'm sorry, guys. Took a service like this about 17, 18 years ago now. I served the Lord, I was serving in recovery ministry, and I was there every time the doors were open. I served in women's things, and I set up at men's breakfasts, and I cleaned toilets, and I vacuumed floors, and I did anything the pastor needed me to do. I knew that if I didn't give myself to the work of the ministry, give myself to something other than myself, I was a dead man. One more drink, and I was going to be in prison the rest of my life, or my labor was going to go. I was scared. Seven, seven recovery programs, too. I came to a service a lot like this. And the worship started playing. I fell in love with Jesus again. I got filled with the Holy Spirit like nobody's business. I went home different that day. And, and can I tell you, it's because of worship. See, worship is the only thing that we can do that God reciprocates. Because in worship, we're moving towards God, and He's moving towards he loves obedience. He loves sacrificing. He loves all those things. But worship is the thing that pleases him most. And I just want to say for the next few minutes, as we worship the Lord, would you give your life to him? Would you, if you need prayer for anything, and I, 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 already, I already said that I believe God's going to speak a word over everybody who will come to the altar and receive prayer. I don't know if as soon as you come up, but just give it time. You stay in the altar. You tarry. Let's worship God. Come on. Let's worship God. I love Jesus. Do you love Jesus? If you love Jesus, stand up.